We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on this week after uh, taking a week off. Uh, Justin and I, our schedules just uh, didn't link up this past week. Uh, We had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I had some sickness going on in my family. I myself was sick for a little bit. Justin had some stuff going on, too. So we had some... uh, difficult weeks but we're we're glad to be back on with you guys and hope everybody's doing well uh justin thanks for joining me again oh thank you bobby how's uh how's everything going on your end i I know i kind of talked a little bit about our uh rough week but we're we're back at it now yeah i mean it 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 was kind of rough i mean i i think we both went through rough weeks at the same time and I, I think that's why our schedules just didn't link up. But I, I'm so glad to be back, and you know, hopefully, UConn Nation's glad too. Absolutely, we're we're like I said, we're gra- we're glad to be back, guys. And uh, of course, the previous Hus- Husky game was uh, the tough loss to Ball State. Um, I I, w- I had the privilege of attending the game in Muncie, Indiana. Uh, really, really, really good atmosphere. And when I say that, it was a good atmosphere from the UConn perspective because I sat with a lot of the players' parents, um, and it was just a pleasure to meet a lot of great people. Um, I sat with uh, Justin Jolie's family, a just fantastic, uh, just fantastic family. Uh, it was great uh, connecting with them and getting to know them a lot more and everything. And Got, like I said, I got to meet a lot of other parents as well. So it was, it, it was really cool to see how much, how many people actually traveled. I, I, I have to say that it was, I was pretty impressed by that. Just because, I mean, it's not like Muncie, Indiana is next door to Connecticut. <laughs> but Justin, I know that you had. You were able to watch the game a little bit, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on. Uh, let's let's go ahead and just dive into the first half. I mean, we started with uh, we started off pretty strong, went into halftime with a twenty-one to ten lead. So, what what were your thoughts on the first half? So the first half, I mean, I I missed the first quarter um, due to a funeral, but. Um, the, sec- the second quarter, I definitely saw Justin Jolly go in for a touchdown and Robert Burns going in for a touchdown. And at this point, I was ecstatic. I mean, I was like, you know, kind of on cloud nine. Um, the the team as a whole were playing really well. And they were playing as a total, you know, offensive-defensive unit. And the thing was is that I was kind of hoping that it would transition over to the, the second half. Uh, but 
but I mean, we, we definitely picked tough. I mean, this team, offensively and defensively, is definitely getting better. And throughout this season, we're going to see that. And, I mean, <clears throat> it's it was it was a to- it, it was great play calling, um, and it was it was just a it, the first half was just great, you know, a, as a whole. One hundred percent. One thing that stood out to me, like the opening kick, Ball State returned it um, past the fifty yard line, if I remember correctly. So it was like one of those things where when it started, you're like, oh no. But then the defense stood tall and did a tremendous job on that drive. And then the Huskies came right down on that very first opening possession and got a big touchdown. And it, and it was, I'm literally sitting there like, wow, they could open this game up, it looked like. And then as the first quarter and second quarter went on, it, it really seemed like that they were going to be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it definitely looked like that they could take advantage and it looked like, you know, the opening was all UConn. And the thing was is that, you know, we probably we, we probably could have scored a bit more in the, you know, first half. Um, I, I, I know it's time. And I still think that the team is definitely showing some heart out there. And it, the first half definitely showed it. Um, we just have to we as i said before we we just have to end games yes yeah <clears throat> and one thing you you hit on already uh justin jolie with a big touchdown reception in the second quarter um i i was super super thrilled about that i mean obviously i've sit like i said i was sitting with his parents so that would they of course first collegiate touchdown i mean it just a huge deal for him and the family and everything, and it was it was really cool to be a part of that. Yeah, Justin Jolie. I mean, I I I actually think out of all the freshman tight ends, he's definitely leading um, first in uh, receptions and yards, as I've seen on uh, Twitter's uh, uh, account. Absolutely, and he was recently named uh, by twenty four seven. They. Uh, Mid-season freshman All-American. Yeah, he, Justin Jolie was definitely a diamond in the rough. I mean, he was a guy that was definitely under-recruited, and I'm kind of glad because he came to UConn. Uh, he's he's definitely going to be a top tight end for UConn uh, in the future, and I can't wait to see what what's in store for him. Absolutely. I, I, I'm super excited to uh, continue to follow him, but also I, I, I'm going to be communicating with him pretty frequently um, for, for my show here and just and just uh, just in general, too, just because I, I've built a good relationship with his family and everything. And they're just a great group of people. And, and I'm really I'm really excited for him because one, he's just a, he's a great guy and you want to see good human beings have success and when you're when they're as talented as he is too it, it really it, it, it's it's fun to see because he I, I know i know in a lot of people's eyes he's kind of coming out of nowhere but i, I think to uh fans like you and myself 
we, we've kind of seen it. Like, I, I remember watching some of his high school film now uh, over the past handful of weeks and even going into the season. Like, he played running back at times in high school. Like, I mean, he is, he is extremely quick. He uses his body really well um, and, and has just really done some great things. Yeah, he's he's definitely an all-around player. Um, he could stack up to the wide receiver role, and he could also be a tight end. He could pretty much do anything. I mean, he's a pure athlete, which is awesome. Um, and he's definitely opened up some eyes. And he almost reminds me of uh, Baltimore Ravens uh, tight end uh, Likely that was drafted this year. And he's, he's kind of like a Justin Jolly type guy. I mean, you know, he could be a receiver. He could be a tight end. He's like an all-around, you know, football player, which is nice to see. Absolutely. And Isaiah Likely is one of my favorite players of the last handful of years with, with the affection I have for Coastal Carolina. So I love that comparison, and I think it's a great comparison just because of the, the things that they both can do. <clears throat> I, think, I think one thing also that uh, – that went very well for the Huskies, especially in the first half, was the running game. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, the running game is great. I mean, uh, you know, with Nate Carter out, uh, Robert Burns has been definitely stepping up um, for, for, from what I saw. And he's definitely a guy that has been quiet in, in the past, but he's definitely going to be a threat in the future. He he stepped up and and had some some uh, good runs there, especially in the second quarter. <clears throat> uh, it's when he scored a, he scored a touchdown as well. <clears throat> um, I I just moving forward, I'm really excited to see what comes for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm he's kind of like a Brian Bruton type guy too. He has speed. He can catch the ball. Um, he's definitely a threat and. He's 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 definitely a good guy to call upon, um, you know, and and I I I still think that he could definitely be you know a player that could definitely turn around this team. Um, he's a great team athlete and a great leader, and I really hope that he just keeps it up. And, and I I really think he will. I think we have a good group. We obvi- obviously with Nate Carter. I mean, when when he's healthy, uh, he just adds a tremendous piece to it. But I think the running the running back group that we do have with Houston, Bruton, Burns, Rosa, like all those guys. I mean, we got a we have a much better group of running backs than I think that we even expected coming into the season. What, what are your thoughts on that, like the running running back group as a whole? I mean, running, the running backs and stuff like that, I feel like they're – it's actually a pretty stacked position. I mean, anybody can run over 100 yards a game. I mean, Rosa has definitely, you know, exceeded expectations too as a freshman. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, in Houston, he stepped up in times and – I, I actually think that this running back crew is probably the best crew we ever had um, because we never really had depth 
we always had that one guy that could just run the ball. And now we have depth, too, which kind of, it kind of expands the game for UConn, which is nice. And I have a feeling that throughout the games this season, the rest of the season, that we're going to see, you know, their, their talents being used. I absolutely agree with you. <clears throat> I, of course, we got to turn now towards the second half. And uh, kind of a tale of two halves, I guess you could say, um, for the Huskies. Um, n- not from the perspective of, like, obviously they were playing hard and competing the whole game. That That's never a question. Um, just... I think we can both agree with what I'm going to say here that it seemed like they te- seemed like they took their foot off the gas a little bit offensively. Yeah, offensively it was like a total breakdown. I mean, from the passes that we've seen from the running, I mean, uh, they definitely played it safe, and that's you know the type of game where you kind of want to run up the score for UConn and. It just it 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 definitely made me feel you know kind of cautious about about the whole thing because um, you know I just didn't feel safe with you know the the lead that we had and I I wanted to see more of course and it just seemed like it was a total breakdown in the offense. I agree with you. I mean, it, I don't want to say that we're not we're not good enough to do that um, because I, I feel like if we would have just executed some certain things a little bit better that, that we would have been okay. But we, we were getting behind the chains on first down. Like we weren't, we weren't uh, executing our first down plays like we were in the first half and we'd get behind the chains and would make it for, make it a lot harder for us to convert on second and third down. Um, we, we were running a couple different screens that just weren't working um, I, in different circumstances, it just it just wasn't clicking the way that it was before. No, yeah, and I I totally agree with that. Um, it seemed like that Ball State definitely adjusted to our offense, mm-hmm. and that might have been a thing. But it seems like if we just got a few first downs, even if we got a field goal, I mean the game would have been out, out of reach. It would have changed um, everything. You know, and it, it it just seemed like, you know, we just didn't have the spark like we had in the first half. Absolutely. I mean, in modern-day college football, you can't go an entire half without scoring. I, I, don't, I don't care how big of a lead you have. Um, it, it just – teams are too – high powered now to be able to do that and I mean Ball State's not a bad team at all so I mean they were able to take advantage of it like you said they made adjustments they made the proper adjustments obviously Um, they ran the ball tremendously well in the second half and uh, the defense forced some turnovers and did some things that that really put our offense at a disadvantage yeah it seemed like defense too was playing safe a little bit I mean yeah you know there was at times where you could brush the quarterback and we kind of just contained, which is okay in certain certain plays and stuff like that, but I just feel like offense and defense kind of slowed it down, which was it it wasn't really good for UConn. And 
I feel like if we just had the, you know, the, the throttle down, we probably would have, you know, we could have made, Ball State could have made some mistakes and stuff like that. And it just seemed like it was definitely a, a, a sloppy second half by both, both sides. <clears throat> Absolutely. And then the mistakes that they did make, we didn't capitalize off them the way that we could have or should have. No, and you know they had their they had their running game that was just electric in the second half. I mean, you know, the running back Steele, um, he just run, ran the ball over all over the field, and we just couldn't even stop him. And it almost seemed like people were out of place. I mean, I I still think the defense is out of place. Um, maybe the wrong calls, but I have no clue. I agree with you. I mean, it, it, it seemed like our linebackers were out of position, I don't want to say frequently in the second half, but they definitely were not where where it seemed like they should be. No, and, and the, actually the one, the one position I have to say that actually played really well is the defensive ends. Mm-hmm. They played outside containment, which is nice. Um... Defensive line, they just couldn't rush in there for a sack. Uh, they had no pressure. The offense seemed like they stopped them. And once once you stop them, too, is the, the linebackers have really no chance because they have to kind of, like, play free ball. And it, it, it just broke down the defense. Absolutely. I mean, the one thing I, I, I will say... I, I felt like our pass defense was was pretty good, um, and, I, and I know that's something that we've questioned at different points during the season. Um, so that's nice to see, especially going into the next game that we're going into. Yeah, the pass defense was, was actually pretty good. Um, run defense, though, we had a few guys that, you mm-hmm. know, instead of going into a certain gap they went into the other gap which kind of hurt us and the cornerbacks too kind of had you know a breakdown also I mean they they should have stepped up free safe you know safety should have stepped up and they just didn't right right and I don't want to say it was a lack of discipline I, I I don't think it was that I just think it was just maybe losing contain or it was just not being in the right right spot yeah it, it almost seemed like you know they they had play tape on the cert, on certain calls and they capitalized on that and then once ball state like switched it up we were we were almost lost I mm-hmm. mean it almost seemed like that yeah we just didn't we just didn't adjust the right way no I, I totally agree with that. And and looking looking into we'll get into the next game in a little bit, but moving forward and looking at uh, like BC coming up, you're def, we're definitely going to see a lot more through the air than on the ground. It would it would seem. Yeah, it. I kind of would like to see 
some, well, I'm going to go NFL here, but play action passes. I, I actually think that would help UConn out a lot. Um, we have the skill players for that. Um, even just running the ball, just don't, just don't stop. I mean, just keep putting up points. Uh, Defensive-wise, um, you know, don't don't quit. I mean, they, they, they didn't quit this game, but just don't, you know, don't let the wide receivers out. Uh, you know, bump them at the line of scrimmage. Uh, bump, definitely bump the tight ends, too, because they're, they do have tight ends that can catch. And they're... They, our, our defensive line has to capitalize even more. I mean, the the games that we won, uh, we definitely saw that the defensive line was the main catapult for that. Absolutely. And we can't we can't just you know go down easy. We have to we have to keep scoring. That's a great. It's a great point you just made about the defensive line, and you're right. In all three wins, it, the, the defensive line has really stepped up and played well. It hasn't had to be necessarily the linebackers making every play. It's we've we've gotten a pass rush and disrupted uh, the passing game. We've gotten to the backfield on the running plays um, from the defensive line perspective, uh, and, and I couldn't agree more with you there. Yeah, and. and- as as long as the defense line could could put pressure on BC's quarterback, it's going to be an easy game for us. Uh, I I've seen it last game, and you know they they were pressured and they just couldn't he just couldn't throw the ball. And the the thing is that you have to you just have to put pressure. And as long as they do that, I think we're fine. One hundred percent. We go back, talk about, finish talking about Ball State a little bit. I mean, I I, I was there, and I I'll lead into something that I, that we were kind of discussing. Um, I'll lead into that in a second, but I, I think I think we do have to kind of discuss the officiating to a point, um, especially in the second half. It 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 was very one sided. Um, I, I will say on the last touchdown that. Ball State scored. Um, I was right in the stands, right in front of directly where it happened, and Ball State's wide receiver clearly held our cornerback as Steele broke contained for that touchdown. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I, I mean, at that point, yes, you're infuriated about the officiating, and you kind of blame that a little bit to a point. But at the same time, I mean, as we've already said the Huskies didn't take advantage of some of the things that they needed to take advantage of in the second half. They didn't do some of the things that they needed to do in the second half to get a victory. So we can complain about the officiating, but that's not the end all be all, obviously. No, you know, in, in the future, even, you know, during the season and stuff like that, um, I think officiating, yeah, they're going to call it one-sided, of course, you know. It, it, it really depends on the refs. Uh, but we just have to capitalize on that. And, you know, even if they did some, you know, bad play calling, I, I really do think that um, we just have to play, we just have to play our game. 
Absolutely. And like we've already said, I mean, we got we got away from that um, in the second half. Just, I, I don't want to say it fell apart, but it just wasn't clicking. It wasn't clicking the right way. No, and, and uh, of course throughout the year, too, I mean, officiating was a big role in UConn football. I mean, past games, too. I mean, they've, they've called plays that, you know, it was it was definitely not the past interference and, you know, and stuff like that. But I, I actually think that, you know, Jim Moore is not going to take that as an excuse. I think he's going to make his team, you know, play to their, their, their highest. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I love and respect that because, I mean, the officiating is something you can't control. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. Um, <clears throat> but one thing, one thing I guess I'll say to kind of end this little debate is could, could potentially not being in a conference hurt when it comes to the officiating aspect? Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure because you don't really have your own reps. Right. Uh, you know, we're, we're the AAC. I mean, we had our own reps. Um, but I still think in the future, uh, a lot of people saying that independent is going to get weaker. I think it's only going to get stronger. And I actually think a lot more college teams are actually going to, going to go that route. Uh, it's it, it's not about it's really not a bad route. Uh, when you go to bowl games, if you win, you get all the money. You don't have to split it between conferences. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of pros to this, you know. Uh, independent schedule and I think for UConn too it actually makes them a tougher team because a lot of people are saying what are they playing for well they're playing for a lot I mean they're playing for Connecticut they're playing for hopefully kicking people out of you know uh, bulk attention mm-hmm. and I mean, independence is only going to get stronger. And I I think that's part of the conference realignment, too. A lot of people don't understand is that a lot of these teams that are sick of, like, conferences and all the politics, I think that the independents are actually going to make a conference. I could definitely see that. Um, I I think it's an interesting thing to think about. And, And... I think being independent also, it, it allows you, obviously, to play a lot of different type of teams. Um, you're playing different styles, um, so, you, so you don't necessarily get grouped into a conference where they play a certain type of way. So you can kind of pl- right. play your own brand of football, however it is that that coaching staff wants to play. Exactly, and actually, independent strength of schedule might be better than a conference, you know, a team. It just really depends. It depends on if you can get the upset. I mean, a lot of people are seeing, oh, independent, you're going to play, you know, Notre Dame or West Virginia or, you know, Ohio State, FSU. But if they can win, I mean, that's just going to put them on top. Mm-hmm. You can even see it with Notre Dame. I mean, they, they kind of made a living out of independent. Scheduling. Right, right. It it worked it worked out well for them for a long time, and 
it'll be interesting to see obviously how all that pans out <clears throat> one one thing that I was really intrigued with and, and I really enjoyed while I was at the Ball State game I, I've never been to a stadium where the opposing fans welcomed me and thanked me for coming to the game um, I, I of course had some of my podcast gear on but I also had on a UConn hat so they knew who I was cheering for but at the same time I had multiple people thank me for coming to the game which I've, I've never had an opposing fan base thank me for coming to a game so I thought that was really cool um, but another another thing I thought that was very interesting on the ride home I always listen to the radio show of whatever team I'm wherever I'm at and uh, the Ball State radio crew and the fans that were calling in were very were giving great compliments to UConn and to um, th that they were so much better than they ever thought that they were going to be. They were so much better, so much more well coached than they thought that 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 they would be. And the radio personnel compared UConn to a lot of the MAC teams that Ball State plays, and that got you and I talking for a little while about that level of play. I mean. It, for for where UConn's at in year one of this, it's 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 a really good place to be. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely uncommon. I mean, e even for you know opposing fans to welcome you, and then you know the radio stations say that. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's it's something that. Can definitely build a future. I mean, with with playing Ball State too, uh, hearing all that. Absolutely. And <clears throat> what 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 are your thoughts about? I, I'm not saying UConn should join the MAC, but what what are your thoughts on like the, that level of play? And if UConn was a part of a conference such as the MAC, let's just say. What What are your kind of thoughts on that? I actually, a, a lot of UConn fans are probably going to hate me for this, but I actually think that the MAC could be good for, you know, football, uh, for, for UConn football. I mean, the MAC is not that bad. It's, it's something that you can compete in, something that, you know, you have opponents that can compete against you it's going to be hard-nosed football and a lot of people are like oh well it's a lord you know conference but it really isn't i mean they can compete against really anybody and win against anybody and i actually think that it wouldn't be a horrible thing for uconn to join um you know football only we're as, as, as we've seen, like, you know, uh, A.D. Dave uh, saying, you know, he wouldn't mind joining a conference with just football. Um, it's definitely an option. It's, it, it would be, I, I would like to see it. I mean, a lot of people would like to see it. Uh, it's, it's better than joining, you know, some other smaller conference. I mean, uh, Mac football... I mean, it, it, it's a bull tying. It's it's something that you know 
these teams are actually really good teams, and most people don't even know that. 100%. And, and I'll say, as somebody who lives in Mac country, I would selfishly enjoy that just because I would get to see a lot more games. But I, 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 also, I, I also will say, living here and watching Mac football for, for my whole life, Mac football is a lot better than people ever give it credit for. Um, year in, year out, Mac teams always seem to beat a Big Ten team. Uh, always... Like this year, uh, Miami, Ohio beat Northwestern. I mean, in the past, you can go down the line of the MAC teams that have won big games. Um, NIU went to a BCS Bowl. Um, you can just go down the line. Um, and, and like I said, we're, you and I are not sitting here saying that they need to join the MAC. We're just throwing the discussion out there. Um, but but I, I also I agree with you with the football only aspect i mean that that's a given of course um if 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 you were to join the mac it, it would you're obviously only going to join for football um but that's i mean it, it's we can obviously discuss this you could discuss this for days and days about what conference and all this and that and we all know everyone's waiting on notre dame to make their decision before anybody else makes theirs yeah and what what would happen though if we could join the Mac and we could have UMass also join the Mac? I mean, I think that could possibly, you know, stir you know stir some things up. And most people don't know that um, if UMass and UConn can just go into one conference and you know maybe be the big guys in the conference, but. It would be kind of fun to see. Absolutely, and then you throw in Buffalo, who is also in the MAC. So you have another East Eastern team in there as well. Yeah, and UConn has UConn played Buffalo in bowl in, in, in a bowl game and stuff like that. And I actually think that it wouldn't be bad for this football team to you know uh, join in that conference, but. Will the will the Mac conference let them in? That's the that's the other option, you know. That's the other question. Right, of course, and I mean, of course, you want to see him join the ACC or the Big Ten or whatever it may be, but you don't know what those conferences are going to look like down the road. Yeah, I I'd rather see some competitive football going on. I mean, and ACC is kind of tough. I mean, it's it, it's good money for the school, but I think Mac. I mean, with the bowl tie-ins, I mean, whoever wins, they, they you know they they uh, split the money. I mean, it's the Mac's not a bad conference, and most people, you know, o- oversee that. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, before we dive into. Boston College a little bit. You got anything else you want to add about the Ball State game? No, I'm all set. All right. Well, I will take a little bit of time now to kind of dive into Boston College a little bit here. Um, Obviously, I feel like this is a program a lot of UConn fans are going to know a lot about because of the Northeast proximity. Um, 
coming into this season, I think we all kind of thought this BC game was going to be one of the more difficult games potentially on the schedule, but BC has really faltered throughout the season. Um, they're averaging less than 20 points per game. Um, they're two and five on the year. Um, they've have really struggled. They only got 17 touchdowns um, on the season. Um, so it's, it's been a major struggle for them. Um, the offensive line is in shambles for the Eagles. Um, the defense, especially the past couple weeks, has looked pretty bad. Um, coming into the year, I mean, Phil Dracovich at quarterback uh, was kind of projected as somebody who, by myself included, um, could have a potentially successful NFL future. And, and I mean, I'm not going to say that he uh, won't have that still, but it definitely uh, he, he's definitely struggled this year. They're averaging less than 240 passing yards per game, um, only 66 rushing yards per game. So this is this is a time for UConn to kind of step up and potentially make some noise um, here against a team um, from the region that would just be a huge, huge win for recruiting, for bragging rights, for everyone involved. Um, just looking more into their stats, um, uh, BC has turned the ball over a lot. They f fumble the ball pretty frequently. Um, they average about two fumbles a game. Um, but from a player perspective, I mean, the guy that everybody has to look out for, and I think everybody's going to know, Zay Flowers at wide receiver. UConn has to know where number four is every time on the field. Um, just because Zay Flowers is a surefire NFL draft pick. I mean, he is he's a fantastic player. He's a really, really good deep threat. He's got six touchdowns on the season. He has almost almost half of their receptions on the season. He has 52 receptions. The next closest guy is their tight end who has 17. Um, he has almost 700 receiving yards. The next closest guy has just over 250. So, I mean, this is this is an offense and uh, that is focused around him. Um, the running game, they have 464 total rushing yards as a team on the season. Um, so this is not a, obviously a run heavy, um, which in the past BC has been run heavy. Um, but that is definitely not the case this year. And, and of course, that has a lot to do with the offensive line just with the issues that they've had. Um, BC has struggled in the kicking game. They've, they've only made uh, just over 50% of their field goal attempts. Um, and like I said, the defense has really, really struggled too of late, especially playing some tough ACC opponents, but at the same time um, have not stepped up by any means at all. And, and I think, Justin, you would agree with me here that that this is a game that you and I are pretty, that are actually pretty confident going into it. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've talked about this. I mean, BC, UMass, regional games, uh, we got to win them. Uh, if, if we do win them, it's just going to spark the recruiting. I mean, look at Dave Flowers. If he was the high schooler right now in, you know, UConn could be or UMass, I mean, and potentially go to a bowl. 
I mean, I think that could change his decision. Um, I, I'm hoping. I, I'm really hoping for a win. I, I think we can get a win, and we're able to get a win. But we'll, what we have to do is we just have to play UConn football. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can't we can't just give up points. And I I think this is definitely a winning you know a, a definitely a winning game. And, and I really like something that you said before that you have the opportunity to basically knock them out of bull contention. Um, just kind of pretty much end it for them. Yeah, and, and I I actually think this is a must-win game. It, it, it definitely is a must-win game. And, you know, if you could be a DC that, you know, shoot us up, they kind of said, oh, you're not going to go to ACC. They, in ACC, they kind of vote us out. So, it's kind of like a payback game. And mm-hmm. I'm really hoping that they, you know, they win. I mean, we definitely can. We definitely have the athletes for it. And we're definitely a, a better team than last year. And, you know, DC's probably looking at this game as a win. And I feel like UConn's definitely going to come out and strike fast. I agree. And it's something, obviously, that we've done pretty well throughout the season. But I think it's real. I think it's really, really important in this game to start quickly. Yes, and you know, don't let DC you know give up easy yards, and because they're pretty athletic too. Whatever their record is, they can they can definitely beat us. But we gotta just stick to our game plan and and don't give in to them. Right. And, and, and I, I understand that there's the rivalry aspect of this, but I think just from watching BC the past couple weeks, I think if we're able to get out in front, I, I, they've shown the defense, the BC defense especially, has shown, shown tendencies of giving up. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if we could beat them, I mean, they get recruits that we probably should be getting. Uh and if we do get, if we do beat them, I mean, it might sway the recruits to us because the recruits that they get are not horrible. I mean, these guys are, these guys can go to the NFL and mm-hmm. they've shown it before. And UConn's shown it before too. So it's, it, it's, it's kind of like the battle of the East right here. Absolutely. And like you said, I mean, winning those East Coast games, we've already. We already dropped one of them, too. Obviously, Syracuse is a lot better than any of us ever thought they were going to be, which hats off to them. Uh, so, I mean, it, this one becomes even more important in that regard. Yeah, and it's, it, it, it's definitely a, you know, a game if they do win. I mean, they're probably going to put us on schedule again because of the rivalry, mm-hmm. you know, rivalry. And uh, it's... And something that we haven't talked a ton about, um, we're three and five. So, I mean, these next two weeks, these next three weeks we're at home. Uh, but to end the season now, if, if we want if we want to reach that bowl plateau, we need to go three and one. Um, so, 
getting this win this week is, like you said, it's a must win. Yeah, it's, it, it's definitely a must win. I mean, you know, they, they do play Liberty uh, coming up, and it's it'll, it'll just be a one-up on us. I mean, even if we go 5-7, I'll right, still be happy right. with the team. I mean, that's huge. Absolutely. And I think we both agree with this, that we're already happy with this team just because of the strides and growth that they have made. I mean, this is a completely different team than last year. Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's definitely exciting. I mean, you know, the, the rent games, I mean, they're more exciting now. Uh, this team never gives up. Um, and hoping that this Saturday, uh, you know, when we play BC, the rent is booming. This this team definitely needs support. And, you know, the more support we give, the better the outcome. And, and I, I promise I will be giving my support uh, from my couch this Saturday. But uh, <clears throat> I, I, I have to agree with you. I mean, get... We need to get as many people in the stands as possible. Because um, you know BC is going to travel. Their fans are going to travel. Um, so we, we need we need as much Husky support as we can get out there. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm hoping there's more fans than BC fans there. Right. We, 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 want, we want the rent to turn into what it used to be. Yeah, it's... I mean, I, I mean rocket. I mean uh, something that people are scared of. Yes. And a, a, a lot of players are like, man, the rent was a scary place. I mean, even with a thousand people in the stands, it still sounds like ten thousand fans. And you know, if if we could definitely get people in the seats, it it's going to make a difference. It sounds like the weather's going to be nice for the game too. I actually didn't hear that. I, I, I said, it sounds like the weather's going to be nice, so hopefully that'll get some more people in the stains. Oh, yeah, I'm hoping. I mean, uh, you, I mean, the last game against Fres, uh, Fresno State, it was pretty quiet, but I'm definitely hoping that, you know, a lot more fans come out. It's going to be a beautiful day, and, you know, and it's, it's definitely going to be something to enjoy. Well, as always, guys, we always really appreciate everyone's support and everything with this. Um, we're so glad that we can come to you every week and give you this show and give you just a little bit of insight that we might have. Um, and and we just, I know I can speak for myself, and I know Justin would agree too that that your support is very much appreciated. You got anything else you'd like to add, buddy? Well, that's going to take us to the end of the show. Hope everybody has a great week. Uh, hope everybody uh, just get get out to the rent this weekend. Uh, cheer on the team. Give the guys the support that we that they deserve, that they've earned. Um, and we, again, always appreciate it. Uh, 
you can feel free to follow me at coach underscore B will uh, at uh, TNT college foot one. And as always go Huskies and God bless.